You're listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. We exist to inspire people to live and love like Jesus. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. I'm so thankful for the opportunity to share today. Uh, and, and honestly, I've, this service, I'm already doing better than I was in the first service because I don't know who brought this little podium up here, but God bless you whoever brought it up. I carried it up this morning, and I almost tripped on the little stage back there, and I thought, and this is a brand new thing, apparently. Matt told me they just got this this week, so that would be terrible if I broke it before Matt ever got to use it. So I'm glad that whoever brought this up, bless you. Extra blessings on you today for whoever carried this up here on the stage because that got us off to a good start, so I'm thankful for that. As Matt mentioned, we are in a series this summer called This Is Vintage. And as we've had the opportunity to kind of walk through what our church wants to be all about, for those of you that have been around for a while, maybe it was nice to kind of hear a refresher, and hopefully those things are the things that you're actually seeing in your life um, as you're a part of our church. But for those of you that might be new to the church or you haven't been here very long, uh, I think this is a great way to kind of Make sure everybody is on the same page as to what our church wants to be all about. And so a couple of weeks ago when Matt introduced this series, I think he did a really good job of pointing us very quickly to a couple of key thoughts that have kind of been a theme throughout this. And so you're going to see these in the notes section of the app today. If you have the Vintage Church app and you pull up the notes section, you'll see the sermon notes from today. And towards the beginning of that is included a couple of points that have been talked about the last couple of weeks. And so I just want to kind of hit those again, because I think it's really important as we dive into the word today to have that theme running through everything we're doing all summer, as far as trying to understand what our church wants to be all about and some real specific things that I think we can do that will help us get there. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So before we jump in with that, I would like to pray and just pray that our hearts will be focused on the hearing of the word this morning. We had the opportunity to sing, um, which I love to do. It's an awesome way to, to worship. Not the only way we worship God, but it's a way that we worship. And I know last week Matt preached on that topic of an experience, which is what happens in this room, in this place. And so as we continue that with relationships and life groups and what that means for our church, I just want to pray that our hearts will be focused in on that and that you'll be able to hear from God today. Not from Chris, um, not from a person or a person that can, can speak from this podium, but from our God. Amen? We want to hear from him today, so let's pray that. Lord, we love you, and we give you all the glory for what happens in this place today. God, I pray that your word would go forward and that your word would be heard by your people today. I pray that it will penetrate deep into our spirits and that we will be so moved by what we hear that we will have nothing to do, but to act on it. And so, God, I just pray for the words today, the words that need to be spoken, the words that I need to hear, the words that everyone in this room needs to hear, so that we can grow closer to you and that you can be glorified in that and in our lives. I pray all these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. So as we jump in today, uh, like I said, I want to recap just a little bit kind of about the whole purpose of this. So today is what, last week was what we called an experience. And that's something that you are a part of right now, which is to be in this room on a Sunday. That's how we do it here at Vintage, Sunday between 9 and 10 or, or 11 and 12, roughly. 
And that's an opportunity to gather together in corporate worship with our brothers and sisters. And so we're experiencing that right now, which is awesome. But we believe as a church that there's so much more than that to our faith. There's so much more. We can't just show up here at 11 o'clock on a Sunday until 12 o'clock and then just think, okay, well, we checked that one off and I'll be good for a little while. See you next week, God. I hope that we don't think that way. There may be some of you that do, or maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ yet. And maybe because we live in America, you just think there's some kind of cultural expectation or acceptance that you could just show up on a Sunday and get that box checked, and then one day I'll end up in heaven because I did things the right way. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what we believe. And so I just want to clarify that a little bit today to make sure that everyone here understands as a church, we want to do what the Bible says. And we're going to go over some passages here that we think spell that out pretty simply. It's not always easy, but it's pretty simple the way that we want to do church and the way that we want to be the church. And so today that's what we're going to focus on. And that's the second point of something that Matt shared a couple of weeks ago, and that was four key areas. You'll see it in your notes section as well as on the screen. It's four key areas that we want to focus on, and that's understanding Scripture. Hopefully that's a given, but it is important, and we're going to talk about why here today. The second is building relationships with our brothers and sisters in Christ. The third is serving others, and the fourth is sharing our faith. And so those are four key areas that we're focusing on through this entire series. And today, we are going to spend the majority of our time talking about that second point, which is building relationships. And so, before we get any further, I do also want to mention a passage of Scripture that Matt mentioned a couple of weeks ago, which is Hebrews 11.1. And the reason I want to reiterate this as what we've been talking about through this series, these are all things that we want to do to help you grow in your faith. Well, I say that word faith, that might not mean the same thing to everybody. Faith could be trust. Faith could be your belief system. Faith could mean your relationship with God. If you pulled this room, you might get a lot of different answers over what your faith is or what is growing in your faith. And so we learned a couple of weeks ago in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and I'm going to read this for you right now, a little bit more about what our faith is and what that actually means. And we see here it says that now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And see, I have to admit, I grew up in the church. I've had a relationship with Jesus for many years, but I never really thought about faith in that context. I always thought about my faith just meant, well, how spiritually mature I am, right? That's, if I grow in my faith, that's me becoming better. That's me learning more verses and doing more kind things for other people or you know, becoming sinning less, as Matt often calls it, sin management. I'm managing my sin better, so I'm, I'm growing in my faith. Well, that really convicted me, but it also was a good reminder to me that faith is not necessarily what I think it was, but if you look here, the writer of Hebrews says, your faith is two things. It's confidence and it's assurance. So that makes it less about us and more about him, because when we grow in those areas, our confidence in our faith our confidence, our assurance in our faith, our assurance in what we cannot see but what we believe, I think it does a pretty good job of 
kind of recalibrating or re-aiming what my expectations are, what my thoughts are as far as what I think faith is. So keep all that in mind as we dive into some new scripture today. And I hope that will be an encouragement to you and also a reminder, an area that will hopefully humble us because it's not about what we can do or how spiritually, quote-unquote, mature we can become. But hopefully our faith growing stronger will give us confidence in Him. Amen? And assurance in the things we do not see. Amen? Right. So that's the kind of the context that we're kicking off with today. And so there's two central themes that we're going to talk about today as it relates to life groups. Because the whole idea of this, the whole purpose of explaining what we want to do as a church and what we want to be as a church is to remind you that this connectedness that relationship building creates, the connectedness that a life group creates for you, it's going to help you grow in these areas, in your confidence and in your assurance. And so that's what we're hoping that we're going to be able to encourage you with today, is that you're going to be able to move closer in your confidence and in your assurance today as a result of what we learn in the scriptures. And so these two themes that we want to talk about are areas that we want to focus on with our life group ministry here at the church. So as Matt mentioned, we kind of tweaked it a little bit uh, about a year ago, and there was a lot of good that we were doing before. There was a lot of value in what we were investing in as far as our life groups are concerned. But we just wanted to make sure that we were really focused in on exactly what we needed to be focusing on with our life group ministry. And so those two themes that we're going to talk about today, the first one is to live in community with brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're going to talk about what that means, because even that sentence right there on its own, you might think, well, what does that even mean? Community? I don't, I don't know what that means. I live in a community. I have neighbors. I have coworkers. My kids have friends at school. But that's not really what we're talking about here. There's something very specific that the believers did in the New Testament, and that's what we're going to talk about. And then the second aspect of that is discipleship. And we're going to talk about how those two ideas are married together, in a sense, in order to grow in our faith. And so we feel like here as a church, we wanted to provide an atmosphere for those things to happen. And so that's the kind of the theme of this whole series. We had kind of an idea every week. Last week was experience. That's the experience you have when you come here on a Sunday, typically. And then the theme is an atmosphere. We want to create that opportunity or that atmosphere where you can build a relationship with others. Because Everybody in America in 2017 knows that the pace of life, the way we do things, it's not always conducive to these things happening organically. So we have to be intentional with it, and we want to provide an atmosphere where you can have those relationships and you can grow in your faith, as we now have a, a reference for that based on the Hebrews passage. So with that being said, I'm going to share a couple of scriptures that I believe will point directly towards what we want to do. And that life group environment is going to create a couple of things in us, um, and that's something that, that we hope will happen when you're a part of these groups, and that's that it will be a life-changing, long-term relationship with other people. We want it to have an impact on your life in a way that it's going to change who you are, and it's going to have a long-term lasting impact on you. And so those are themes as well with our life group ministry that we use a lot. And you'll see that in the notes section as well today. And I hope that those, those notes second, um, just as a little plug for the, 
the notes here that you have in the app. Uh, you can email yourself those notes at the end of the service today. So you'll get an email pretty much right away that you can refer back to and hopefully will be an encouragement to you in your life group or just as you have devotion time later this week or you have some time you want to um, go back and read through that. You can also listen to the podcast as well. Uh, that will be on our website, or you can also um, have your email with all the, the details of the items that we've talked over today as a reference. And so with all that in mind, we're going to jump in. The first passage that we're going to read from right now is Galatians, Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. So that will appear in the app if you have the notes pulled up, or if you have a hard copy of the Bible with you this morning, you can turn to Galatians, because that's where we're going to be reading from. And then after that, we're going to read a passage from James as well. And these are just specific areas that we know go to the idea of life groups. And so we'll kind of explain the benefit of that for you as believers. But we're going to start by reading that. So first off with Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. And it says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So before we kind of unpack that a little bit, I want to go ahead and read the next one, which is James 5, verses 16, because it goes to the same idea, the same concept that we're trying to show today. So James 5, verses 16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So before we go any further with that, those two, technically three verses that we just read, they, they show us a couple of things that the believers were encouraged to do. And so the writers of these books, they knew that these new believers to this new faith needed encouragement, needed guidance, needed direction. And so we've had the benefit of 2,000 years to kind of figure out the whole Christianity thing. Some days I think we haven't gotten very far as far as figuring it out, but at least we've had that much time to do it. Whereas these believers were people that were alive when Jesus was alive. And so Jesus was crucified, Jesus died, and God raised him to life. And then he ascended into heaven. And then shortly after that happened, just in the days, weeks, and months after that happened, these believers, they knew, they understood, they believed that Jesus was God. But they had no blueprint like we have the Bible today, all 66 books nicely bound or, you know, online or whatever. They didn't have that. But God inspired people to encourage them with certain words. And so these are both books that were written to be an encouragement to those early believers. And so we see several things there that were taking place. If you go back to the Galatians passage, you see it says, If anyone is caught in a transgression, a sin, if anyone was caught in a sin... You who are spiritual should restore them with a spirit of gentleness. So that's one key thing we're going to focus on. Another is to bear one another's burdens. And then in James, you see that we are to confess our sins to each other and that we're to pray for each other. So if you just focus on those key points right there, it doesn't take long to understand that those things aren't generally going to happen on a Sunday morning. You're not going to show up at 9 o'clock on a Sunday and by 10 o'clock have confessed sins to others, confronted people who are caught up in those sins, and had the opportunity to bear each other's burdens. And so 
the point of this as to why the life group ministry is important is that there are aspects of our faith that we're pointed to here from the Word. There's so many verses that go to this. When I started studying for this this morning, I realized there was more verses than I could even share this morning that spoke to the importance of living life together and having a community of believers that supported each other and loved each other. And so in the notes section today in the app, you'll see a ton of verses listed out. And I hope that when you have time, you'll be able to go and read through some of those and they'll be an encouragement to your group or just to you and your family in general. But for time's sake today, we're not going to go over all of those. But these are a few key ones that I thought would be really important to point out to the fact that there are things that are happening in the life of believers that need to happen in the life of believers that's just very difficult to do in this environment. This setting, this opportunity to come together every week is incredibly important to our faith, just like Matt talked about last week. But this is another aspect of our faith that's also vitally important. And we just hope that people that are a part of our church aren't missing out on the blessing of being able to grow in your faith because of these things that we see here, because you say, oh, I'm just too busy to do that. Or, uh, you know, my kid has a ball game, and my wife works second shift, and, you know, we travel, and we do this, and we do that. And so, you know, yeah, at least I got there on Sunday morning, but no, you know, I, I don't have that type of relationship with my brothers and sisters in the church. And so we wanted to provide an opportunity and an atmosphere where you could connect to our church on that level, and you could have that relationship. And that's not going to be with 50 or 100 people necessarily. That's probably going to be a group of maybe three to five or six people. And sometimes it could be more depending on the circumstances. But a lot of times people don't have, people don't feel the freedom to maybe share on that level in a huge group. You know, I'll be the first to admit right now, I don't want to give my laundry list of sins, everything I've struggled with this week in front of a couple hundred people. That's pretty intimidating and, and something that doesn't really lend itself towards openness and, and honesty on that level. But when you build trust and you have a few people that you can come together with and bear each other's burdens and pray for each other, it's an awesome thing. And it will definitely help us to grow in our faith. And so those are a couple of the key points that we want to talk about. The next passage I want to read from is in Acts chapter 2, and it's verses 42 through 47. So this is really the main text that I want to focus on this morning during our time together. And so again, if you're following along in the app, it should be listed there. Also, if you have a, a Bible, a hard copy Bible with you, feel free to turn to that. So Acts chapter 2. So what this is really explained to us is after Jesus has already ascended to heaven, now the believers, so you had the apostles who were, there was 12 men who followed Jesus around for the three years of his earthly ministry. And he gave them some instructions on how to do things. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. But after Jesus went to heaven, he gave this challenge to the apostles and to a few other people. And then the book of Acts itself really is just a story of all those things that happened after Jesus went to heaven. And so in chapter 2 of that book, we see an incredible story of what life was like for the new believers to live in community together. Authentic community. Not just social relationships. Hey, we went to dinner, we watched the ball game, we played a round of golf together. That's not what I'm talking about. Those things are not in and of themselves bad, but it goes deeper than that. And so right here in Acts chapter 2, we're going to read this and see what happened when the believers had a real Christian community. So starting in verse 42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer, 
Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who is in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. That is a lot to digest, so I don't want to gloss over any of that too quickly. But if you just start back with verse 42, you see very simply what they were doing together as believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. They ate together. They prayed together. Verse 44, they were together and had all things in common. Verse 45, they sold property and possessions and gave to anyone who was in need. Just that right there, what I just kind of reread, is incredible. And the challenge to you today is, do you do those things? Do you have that type of community? Do you have a relationship like that with anyone? Much less a life group, but like, ask yourself that right now. Do I have that type of relationship with anyone? Again, hitting on the Galatians passage and James and then bringing that all together with what we see here, do you in your own personal life right now, do you have a relationship with anyone where you are holding someone accountable for their sin, but doing it in a spirit of gentleness, praying for that person, confessing your sin to someone else, praying about that with someone, devoting yourselves to the teaching of the word, Fellowshipping with believers, sharing meals with believers, praying with believers. Do you see a theme here? There are things that these early believers were doing, but the great thing is it wasn't for their own benefit or their own gain. I've read this passage in Acts many times in my life. I've heard sermons preached about it. I love verse 42, that first verse, because there's just so much to talk about and really let it sink in, like what these relationships meant for each other. But as I was studying for this today... I just could not get over verse 47. It just, it, it's right there. It's so simple, but it just blew me away how I've glossed over it before. So if you look back to that passage again, you'll see in verse 47, after the believers did all those things, let's, see, let's look and see what happened. Verse 47, they praised God and enjoyed the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved. Hello, like these people lived in a certain way, they had all things in common. They loved each other. They ate together. They prayed together. And what happened? God showed up, and people said, I want to be a part of that. That's what I want. And he added to their number daily. How many times in our lives as believers have we made enough of an effort in our life in the 21st century in America, how many times have we made enough of an effort that other people said, I want to be a part of that, I want to experience what you're experiencing. Because the great thing is that these believers, they didn't get any of the credit for it. They gave praise to God right there in verse 46 and 47. They said, with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, the Lord added to their number daily, those who are being saved. That's an incredible portrait of what living life in Christian community can be for us for people here at Vintage, for people in Randleman, for people in Randolph County or other counties, Guilford County, wherever. Like, if you have the opportunity, 
to interact with people at work, at school, in your neighborhood, wherever your, your world is, whatever God has given you uh, as far as influence is concerned, influence with certain individuals in your life that you interact with, have you done any of those things for the people in your life? And so that's the challenge today. And if you've struggled with that, or if you just never thought about that, maybe you are a believer, but you've just never thought, well, that's, that's not something that I've, I've ever done before, but man, that, that seems really important. Well, we've provided an atmosphere here where you can be a part of a group that can live these things out. And that's our life group ministry. So whether you sign up at, on the website or you talk to someone here on a Sunday morning, somebody on our host team or somebody at the Connections 10 out front, we want to be able to give you information so that you can get plugged into a group that lives life like this. And I've heard from so many people in the last few months in the last year of groups that are doing this. And so we praise God for that. It's happening, and I'm thankful for it, and I'm happy that God has given us an opportunity to do these things. But we can always do more, and we want more people to experience it as well. And so if you're here today and you're not a part of that and you don't have a relationship like that with people, we want you to be able to experience it. So let's just say you've never been to Vintage before, but you showed up, you heard about life groups, and you said, yeah, I want to do that. You sign up on the website, you get plugged into a group, and now you show up and you spend time with people and you're like, okay, now what? Now what happens? Now what do we do? I'm breaking bread. We're here. We're eating. We had a prayer. So now what do we do? So the cool thing is that the second theme of, of this today, the first one, the first kind of theme or, or challenge is are you living in community with brothers and sisters? And then now that you're there, you, you're starting to build those relationships, right? You're starting to have that atmosphere and that sense of community. But now what do you do with it? So the second theme of the day is a big, scary church word called discipleship. And for some of you that have no idea what that word means, I actually looked it up because I thought I knew what it meant. From a practical standpoint, I had an understanding of what I think it meant or what it was supposed to mean. But I thought, okay, well, let me just make doubly sure. So for anybody in this room that's under 30 years old or so, um, once upon a time there was this thing called a dictionary and it had pages and you would like open it up and it would tell you what words meant. It was really cool. So I used one of those. Today you just talk to Google, right? But like used to, you had a little book and it had all these words and almost every word in the whole English language in there. It was phenomenal. And so what you would do is you would look in there and you would see what something meant. So I decided I need to see what the word discipleship means. Well, actually, hold that thought for just a second. Okay, full confessional. I actually didn't look it up in a hardback book. I actually Googled Webster's Dictionary um, to look up the definition. But you get what I'm saying, right? Like I there is another way to find out what something is other than asking Siri. And so Webster's has an online version. So, you know, technically I did look online. So, okay, now my heart's clear. All right. So I looked up the definition of discipleship and it simply says this, this is in the Webster's dictionary. One who accepts and assists in the spreading of the doctrines of another. So for us as believers in Jesus Christ, that practical definition is one who accepts and assists in the spreading of the doctrines of Jesus Christ. Plain and simple, that's what discipleship is. And that's what has to happen in our life groups. We met with the life group leaders earlier this year, and we've had some, some kind of general discussions about it, but we've also met about it to talk about the fact that if you don't do anything else in your group, this has to happen. There's lots of reasons to get together 
you can have a softball league, you can have a bowling league, you can, I guess guys typically do that, I don't know what ladies do, but like ladies get together league, whatever that would be, you do that, and then what happens? Well, a lot of things can happen in that environment, and they're not necessarily bad things. We want you to spend time together. We want you to get to know each other. But we want the purpose of our groups to be accepting and assisting in the spreading of the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Amen? We know that's what needs to happen, but do we do it? That's the big question of the day. So as far as life group ministry is concerned, we're challenging you to say, hey, here's the things that they did in the New Testament. And the result was they grew in their faith. They grew in their confidence and in their assurance of what they believed. But do you have that type of community in your life? That's one of the two challenges for the day. The second one is, do you understand this concept of discipleship and are you doing it? And even though I'm saying those words to you right now, it might not yet be resonating what that challenge actually means. And so in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, it's a passage known as the Great Commission. A lot of people have maybe heard that term before, even if you didn't know which book of the Bible it was in. And so I'm going to read through that because it gives you a really good idea of what Jesus was actually talking about in this position. So in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, it says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. And now we know what disciple means because we just looked it up in the Webster's online version of the dictionary nonetheless, but we learn what it means. So therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so this was, this was Jesus that was saying this right before he went to heaven. And so for the apostles and for the other believers that were there with them in community, this is basically like that that last charge, like the last, like, go get them right before the game starts and you want to get the team pumped up to go out onto the field. The coach gives a big speech. And I don't mean to belittle the importance of this, but that's just in my mind how it plays out, you know. So Jesus, like, he's only got a few minutes left. He's only got a little bit of time to explain, this is what I need you to do. And this is what he tells them to do. Go and make disciples. So again, if you've been in the church before, maybe you've heard that. You might be familiar with the concept of making disciples. You might even know in your mind that it's important. You might think, oh yeah, making disciples, that's a really important thing to do. But I don't know that we really understand, especially as a church, not necessarily vintage church, but just the church, I think we've kind of missed the boat on what that means. And so I heard a, a pastor recently who had a really good example of that, and so I'm going to share a version of that that is a, something that I deal with in my life, and hopefully you guys will appreciate this analogy. So I have three kids, love them to death. They're all wonderful. And my son Turner is our second oldest child. And Turner is six years old. And sometimes Turner's room gets a little messy, okay? We'll just say it like that. Sometimes his room gets a little messy. So I might be downstairs and I might say to Turner, Turner, go clean your room. Okay, Dad. So Turner leaves, Turner goes to his room. He comes back an hour later, and I say, Turner, did you clean your room? And he says, no, Dad, I didn't clean my room. Well, why not? Why didn't you clean your room, Turner? Well, I memorized what you told me. 
You told me to clean my room, so I memorized that. And I said it to myself a couple of times. Okay, and well, are you going to clean it? Well, I invited some friends over to play. And you know what? We all talked about it, and all of our parents, they asked us to clean our room. And we sat around and talked about how all of our parents wanted us to clean our rooms. Well, did any of your friends clean their rooms? No, they didn't clean their rooms either. But we all talked about it, and we remembered that you told us to do it. We didn't do it yet, but we all sat around and we talked about the fact that we needed to do it. And then he said, we even memorized it in Greek. Are you catching my idea yet? Are, are you, is it resonating with you that we have done that with the gospel? We have done that with discipleship. It's so easy to just come into this room and sit around and talk about disciple-making. Are we doing it? Well, no, I don't know, but I memorized Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Isn't that great? Are, are you doing it? Well, we, we did an expository study of Matthew, and it, was, it told us what it meant in Greek and Hebrew. It was incredible, and we learned all about what, what Jesus was really saying right there. Well, let's just get real for a second. I think we know what Jesus was saying, and if we understand the definition of disciple... I think it's pretty easy for us at this point to realize it's not rocket science. Now, it might not be the easiest thing to do, but the idea is simple. And so are we doing it? And so that's the challenge for the day, and that's the challenge that I'm going to leave you with as we conclude our time together today. To recap, there was really two main questions that I'm going to challenge everybody in the room with today. And those two questions are this. Do you live in Christian community with brothers and sisters? Do you have relationships with them? Is it a priority for you? And then are you about disciple making? And those things don't always happen naturally. They don't always happen organically. But that's why we've developed this model of life groups at our church so that we can provide an atmosphere where you can grow in that way. And you can have a relationship with brothers and sisters. And you can take that relationship. And as you grow in your faith together, you can go and you can spread that. And you can share that doctrine, that belief system that we have with others. And so a couple of weeks ago, Matt challenged us with something that was incredible. So I'm going to use it today as well. And it was this. What area in your life are you a hearer, but you need to become a doer? So if everyone in the room would bow their heads and close their eyes, I want us all just to take a minute to spend together talking to God. And I want you to ask yourself those questions. Are there things in my life that could be a community of believers or a model for discipleship, an opportunity to spread the good news of Jesus? Have I only been a hearer of that and not yet a doer? And so right now we're going to take a moment before I pray out loud, we're going to take a moment, and I want everyone in the room to ask yourself those questions. Have I been a hearer of those things and not yet a doer? And then after that, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to celebrate what God is doing in our church because those things are happening, and we want you to be a part of it. Father God, you are awesome. We love you so much. We thank you for the opportunity today to be in your house to hear from your word, to worship you through singing songs and giving of our tithes and offerings. And God, we just thank you for being in this place. We thank you for your presence here today. We thank you that you've given us an opportunity 
to grow in relationship with other brothers and sisters. And we thank you that your word tells us how to do that. And Lord, I pray that we would be about your business. We would be about your commands. And that's to grow in community with each other and then to make disciples and to share that good news and to help other people come to faith and then have them to grow in their faith and then others and others and others. And God, we claim that today because we know it's what your word says. And I pray that it would be an encouragement to those in this room today. God, I pray that we'll give you all the praise for it and all the glory for it and that we can sing out to your name and we can be excited for the things you're doing in this place. God, we love you. We thank you for every good thing that we have. And we pray all these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net.